You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hamill. Welcome to the Daily Ledger. Graham Ledger has the day off. Our cover story, the 2016 race for the White House, the importance of Indiana for Ted Cruz, the Hoosier state represents his last stand against frontrunner Donald Trump. Cruz must win next Tuesday's primary to keep his presidential aspirations alive. Meantime, the Trump momentum is building. The latest polling shows him neck and neck with the presumptive Democrat nominee. A Rasmussen report poll of 1,000 likely voters across the United States shows a tie, Trump at 38 percent and Clinton at 38 percent. However, nearly one in four voters say they will stay home or vote third party if it's a contest between Clinton and Trump. It's very important. Getting out to vote on Tuesday is so important. We have a movement going on. You know, in a way, I call it the smart movement. We want to be smart again. We're not smart anymore, folks. We don't win anymore, but we're not smart anymore. So we call it the smart movement. You know, I've been campaigning. We're going to end Obamacare. We're going to protect our Second Amendment. We're going to end Common Core. We're going to do... And, and then I, I'm watching this morning, and Lion Ted, Lion Ted, I never said anything like it, Donald Trump loves Obamacare. I love Obamacare. I mean, my whole thing is we're going to end it. And I hear him saying, and I, I, said, I said to a few people that were watching it, I said, let me ask you, do people believe this when he says that? It's terrible. It's terrible. And that's why in the Senate, he's known as a liar. Marco Rubio, who's a good guy, called him a liar during the debate. Remember that? He said, you're a liar. I said, that's great. When another senator can call a senator a liar, I said, now I can do it also. With just four days left until the Indiana primary, Trump remains on top in the polling and dominates in the delegate count, up by more than 400 delegates over Cruz. Joining me now from Southern California, political consultant and editor of the Newsbomb Report, Barry Newsbomb. So, Barry, I wanted to start off with the, the riot that was happening outside of the Trump rally in Orange County. It's interesting that liberals are so tolerant, but only if you agree with them. I think some 20 people were arrested uh, uh, on uh, um, Thursday evening. Also, uh, police cars were damaged. They had to bring out the tear gas. I mean, what's up with that? I don't think it's as much about politics uh, Stephanie, as people being hired off of Craigslist to be uh, short-term professional rioters. Uh, when you follow the money trail back, this is not about a decision of someone to go out and peacefully protest, which is not only their uh, American right, but it's the duty of people to be involved in the political system. These are rioters. These are no different than the people that have shown up at Trump rallies elsewhere. And when investigations have been done and these people have been questioned, it turns out they are paid to destroy and they are paid to disrupt and they are paid to make a scene as if it's a spontaneous democratic protest against a candidate they don't like. Who are they supporting? Nobody. They're there to get a paycheck, and the more damage they cause, apparently, uh, the more they are encouraged by whoever is sending them the money. 
Well, it's interesting because some of the protesters that were there were saying that they were there for equal rights, as if Trump, if he were president, wouldn't offer those. And that's just ridiculous. But uh, moving on, we have to talk about this week, the primaries. Trump had an amazing win. And what this means going forward. Yeah, the win in New York was stupendous, uh, followed up by the sweep of all five states on this past Tuesday, Stephanie, uh, especially in Pennsylvania, where Trump was expected to win, but he literally won every single county in the state of Pennsylvania. He beat all the pundits in every state, all the predictions and all the polls. The Trump train, at least on the East Coast, is running full steam right now. And also the, the, the Kasich and Ted Cruz alliance, I find that very interesting. I mean, what's going to come of this? Is this even useful? Uh, it sounded great for probably the four or five minutes it took to put it together between the political operatives and the two camps. What's really bizarre is that these two candidates, Cruz and Kasich, are politically not aligned at all. They're coming from a completely different place politically. Philosophically, they're not even on the same page. This is not about let's do something together. It's only about one thing. Neither one has a shot at the nomination unless the convention goes into numerous ballots. This is all about stopping Donald Trump. And the Hail Mary, as it's called by some people, I call it more of an incomplete pass or a fumble at the goal line, uh, their own goal line, they're going backwards, uh, has already fallen apart. Kasich was supposed to abandon Indiana to Cruz and is telling his supporters in Indiana, well, if you want to support us, please go ahead and vote Kasich. Yeah, I mean, Ted Cruz and John Kasich. John Kasich, to me, is a liberal. He sounds a lot like Hillary Clinton, in my opinion. And Ted Cruz, he's a true conservative. They're just not a good pair. But uh, moving on, if Donald Trump wins Indiana, what exactly does that mean for Cruz? It's, it's you know, in the high 50s in terms of pledged delegates, it's a winner-take-all state. It would probably be... Uh, the end of any kind of speech that Cruz could make about I'm your man, I'm pulling the party together, because that, to me, is his last stand. If the emails coming out of the Cruz campaign are any indication, uh, and I've gotten dozens in the last couple of days, Cruz himself is calling Indiana his last stand. And when you call it that, and if you lose it, you have now lost your last defense against the inevitability of a first ballot Trump win. And there's a lot of chatter about Rubio's delegates. Yeah. Uh, why is that significant? I'll tell you why it's significant. Rubio's sitting on 169 delegates. People forget, even though he hasn't been a political candidate for, what, three months, he's still in third place. Those delegates are his. A large portion of them are pledged through the first ballot, some as many as the second ballot, where uh, they have to vote for Rubio were he to be on the ticket, which obviously he's not going to have his name put in nomination. The reason why it's important is if it comes right down to it and he can swing, let's say, 100 of the 169 that he controls to Trump, that would put Trump over the top for sure on the first ballot. And I wonder if any communications are going on right now between Trump and Marco Rubio. I'm sure if they are, 
uh, Trump is not calling him little Marco anymore. And really quickly, do you think Trump has the ability to hit that magic number, the 1237? After Tuesday, absolutely. When you look at uh, the big three that are coming up uh, between now and the end, which is California, Indiana, and New Jersey, he's leading in all three states in the polls. Uh, all three states can deliver a sizable number, if not the majority, to Trump. If things go right and he picks up a few more delegates out of Pennsylvania that are still unpledged, they are uh, free agents. That's the way the Pennsylvania primary works. He could literally go to the convention uh, not at 1,237, which is the winning number, but he could be really close to 1,300 if everything went his way. Well, I think that conservatives need to stand together and stand behind Trump. Thank you so much for, your, for your, all of the information that you gave us. All good points. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.